lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. We are live on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. This is the Steve Day Show. That would be me, Todd Erzin, and Aaron McIntyre. They're here with me as well. If you would like to join us today, we'd love to know what you think about what we think, especially when you compliment us. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook for now. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show again for now. And then there are the alternatives to those two endeavors. You can look for Steve Dace on Gab. Uh, look at youtube.com slash Steve Dace and it's alternative at Rumble. Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And then look for Steve Dace on MeWe as well. We started that page just what? over the Christmas break and we're up over 15,000 likes on that page already. So that page is cooking right now. That's pretty cool. So let's keep that coming. Also, my new book, A Nefarious Carol, we will begin our study of that book for the next phase of Theology Thursday tomorrow. That is the sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which we are scripting into a movie adaptation as we speak. I've got an update on that coming my way tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to seeing where things are at. Yeah. All right, so if you want to get your copy of A Nefarious Carol, I I doubt you can get one delivered uh, to you from Amazon by uh, by tomorrow, but you can at least get the digital version if you'd like to get that. Uh, Go to Amazon.com, look for A Nefarious Carol there. Also, if you you've read the book and you like it thank you i've gotten a ton of notes from people who were encouraged by the book now how can a book about satan having an overnight wooing session with a scared desperate young woman to give birth to his baby how can that encourage people right well i guess you'll just have to read the book to find out okay and it wouldn't take much to be more encouraging than its predecessor <laughs> let's be honest about that but you can get your copy today and if you love the book please uh, thank you uh, for the feedback leave that five star review for us on amazon.com as well all right coming up today on a Wednesday traditional Wednesday festivities in store uh, next hour the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation Daniel Horowitz will be joining us so stay tuned for that we've got plenty of buy sell and hold coming your way so who knows what uh, juicy nuggets, what content, comments, topics you have in store that you guys want us to pontificate upon. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Man. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis unveiled his plans to target big tech in his state. This is 2021, not, not 1984. And this is real life, not George Orwell's fiction. These companies exert monopoly power over a centrally important forum of public discourse and the access of information that Floridians rely on. It used to be that consumers were trusted to make their own decisions about what information to consume, about which leaders to, quote, follow, about what news to watch. Now those decisions are increasingly made by nameless, faceless boards of censors. They even have a name euphemistically called content moderators. And we're told that these are private companies and that those who disagree with their decisions to regulate content and even suppress content can simply choose other services. Well, when 2.8 million Americans chose to download the application Parler and share information with friends, family, and colleagues, what was the result of that? Canceled by Amazon, Google, and Apple. DeSantis went on to provide some specifics of his plan. 
Uh, under our proposal, if a technology company deplatforms a candidate for elected office in Florida during an election, a company will face a daily fine of $100,000 until the candidate's access to the platform is restored. Again, any Floridian can deplatform any candidate they choose. You simply unsubscribe, and it's a right that I believe belongs with the citizen. Further, if a technology company promotes a candidate for office against another, the value of that free promotion must be recorded as a political campaign contribution enforced by the Florida Elections Commission. And lastly, if a technology company uses their content and user-related algorithms to suppress or prioritize the access of any content related to a political candidate or cause on the ballot, that company will also face daily fines. DeSantis also took on a journalist who defended big tech. Hunter Biden's story was true, okay? We now know it was true. And the typical corporate media outlets, they just chose to ignore it. Obviously, they wanted to beat Trump. They had, a, they had a, a view on the election. They didn't want to give it any air. So we rely on social media to go around that, not let corporate legacy media outlets control the discourse and let us speak. So you had the New York Post to run it and you couldn't get any traction. You couldn't get any reach on it because big tech put their thumb on the scale. So that was true. What they said at the time, oh, it was, it was, it's a conspiracy or it's based on, on, on hacked information. Are you kidding me? You're trying to tell me if there was hacked information that could damage me, you guys wouldn't print it? Give me a break. You can whiz on my leg, but don't tell me it's raining. Governor DeSantis and GOP legislative leaders in the state say the governor's push against big tech will be included in an upcoming bill. America First updates Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell is really hopping mad about the situation unfolding in Burma. He tweets, quote, I call on Burma's military to immediately release the civilian political leaders of the country and and turn back from this abyss. We need to support the people of Burma in their journey towards democracy and impose costs on those who stand in their way. In completely unrelated news, National Guardsmen as well as razor wire fencing are still up all over Washington, D.C. Former CIA official Robert Grenier went on the NPR's All Things Considered and said the types of counterinsurgency tactics the U.S. used to take on al-Qaeda and other groups in Iraq and Afghanistan should be used to fight what he calls domestic extremists right here in America in the wake of the events at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Checking in on Newsmax, they invited MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell on their channel to discuss his ongoing attempted cancellation by numerous companies, including having his social media accounts suspended due to his questioning of election integrity. One of the hosts just can't even. I, you're talking about machines uh, that, that we at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh, those kinds of allegations. We just want to let people know that there's nothing substantive that we've seen and let me read you something there. While there were some clear evidence of some cases of vote fraud and election irregularities, the election results in every state were certified and Newsmax accepts the results as legal and final. The courts have also supported that view. So, Mike, I, I, can I ask our producers, can we uh, get out of here, please? Uh, I, I don't want to have to keep going over this. Actually, we at Newsmax Mike, have not been able wait, to verify wait, any of those wait, allegations. Wait, that you're, you're, Mike, uh, hold on you a second. 
second. Everybody hold on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, let's talk. Elsewhere across the cable news landscape, CNN ratings plunged 44% in the first full week since Trump left office. And Miss NBC's ratings fell by 20%, while Fox News stayed roughly the same. Turning our eyes to California, where the San Francisco Unified School District held a meeting yesterday to discuss eliminating Lowell High School's selective admissions process and replacing it with a lottery-based admission system. Commissioner Allison Collins says getting into a school based on your merit is, well, you can probably guess. When we talk about merit, meritocracy, and especially meritocracy based on standardized testing, I'm just going to say it in this day and age, we cannot mince words. It, those are racist systems. Checking in on the fight against Wuhan coronavirus. How's that dastardly new strain going? Even though the virus in this particular variant was first described in South Africa, it actually might not have even emanated from South Africa. So it's inappropriate to call it the South African variant. It's better just to call it by its name, 501YV2. And we now know that's in about 31 countries. No, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, you're right. And I don't mean to disparage South Africa. It's just a, a, a handy shorthand, but I know that you, that doctors don't like that one. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is 501.v2 variant. Other odds and ends, Jeff Bezos announced yesterday he's stepping down as CEO of Amazon to pursue a career as being the next Warren Buffett, George Soros, Bill Gates, left-wing sugar daddy or something. New York Times reports... Uh, Experts are recommending Joe Biden appoint something called a reality czar to combat misinformation and radicalization. Usually I'd have a kicker here, but I think that's good enough. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by ExpressVPN. You supported Trump, and now you need to know they're probably coming for you. The left will continue their campaign of censorship, repression, and cancel culture until every last voice of opposition is no more. Uh, they're backed by the media, some of the largest companies in the world. That's right. Big tech and the far left have essentially formed an unholy alliance to track, censor, and spy on you. There's never been a more important time to protect your internet activity from these bad actors. That's why I urge you to check out our friends at ExpressVPN. Everything you search for, watch, or click online can be tracked by tech companies. They can, they can then match your activity to your true identity using your device's IP address. But when you switch to ExpressVPN with your computer or phone or any of your devices, your IP address is masked by a secure VPN server. I use ExpressVPN. My phone's here. It has it on it. So does the laptop here uh, on the set with me as well. Uh, easy to use, easy to install. Uh, your ExpressVPN account can work for up to five devices simultaneously. All of that is why they were rated the number one VPN by CNET and Wired last year. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies and far-left enablers and government that hate you. Uh, defend your rights with a VPN that uh, you can trust, I trust, for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Steve. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Steve to get three months for free. Find out how to get three extra months for free when you go to expressvpn.com 
slash Steve. In the overtime today, which we will be recording after the program this afternoon, and then it will be uploaded on demand for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash Dace. That's blazetv.com slash Dace. We're going to be, and that's where you can go to subscribe, by the way, if you're not yet one and get a discount. Uh, But we're going to be discussing Ron DeSantis. So yesterday we discussed the presidential future of Ted Cruz, given recent events. Uh, And as has kind of been my policy, whenever Cruz politically has come up on the show the last few years, I just recuse myself. I, I, I can't be considered objective if I praise his prospects. I'm a shill. If I if I criticize his prospects, uh, I'm a backstabber, right? I can't win. Uh, and so I have a tendency just to not play games I can't win. So I just let you guys on the panel pontificate on that yesterday. And people have so many other reasons to complain right. about you. They really don't need to throw right. another shrimp right. on the barbie. Yeah, I, I, it's not as if you don't have other opportunities uh, right. to, to just completely crush me. <laughs> and I won't provide them for you daily. But uh, in this case, I figured I owed you guys a solid. So today in the overtime, I'm going to actually take the lead and then let you guys determine whether you agree or disagree. Okay. Because we're going to talk about Ron DeSantis's future presidential prospects. And I'm going to give him some free as I, I, I'm not saying, man, I'm the Oracle at, uh, at, at, at Delphi or Delphi, however you want to pronounce it. But I, I have a little experience with successful presidential campaigns um and unsuccessful ones too for that matter um i I have some unsolicited presidential campaign advice for ron desantis i'm going to share that in the overtime and uh then you guys can decide whether to crush it or not agree or not and considering his penchant for using the phrase don't pan me and tell me it's raining he may have a track record of of track record of listening to you i I I can't when when he busted that out yesterday I, i i will confess I stifled a swoon. Okay. I will confess. All right. That, you know, something began to emerge. Um, and from in, within me, I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's, uh, it's a swoon. I have that. No, uh, that easy. as the Keith Oberman one, one said, right. Okay. But, um, here's, here's the thing though. I can, I'm going to give the advice to DeSantis in the overtime today. I want to give some advice to all of you about Ron DeSantis right now. Can I do that? Yeah. Ron DeSantis. Let's just take 2024 off the table because he may not win re-election. Who knows? Who knows what 2022 will look like? And if he doesn't, then he won't be a presidential candidate, right? So let's just talk about right now because we're focused on our show on right now. How do we get through the next six to 12 months so we can get into an election year next year when we can kind of have some of the... It won't be as... They're, they're too unhinged on the left for traditional election year rigor mortis to set in where everything just grinds to a halt while they perpetually campaign. Uh, you know, uh, the AOCs of the world are not going to do that. But there will be still some. Is that fair? Yeah. There will be still some grinding of the gears of the system. And, and we can kind of play the system off each other and take a deep breath, I think, if we can survive to next year, given it's election year. This year is the year where without a Trump between us and them, and without an election uh, on the horizon, we're the target this year. Fair? Okay. Okay. That's kind of my, again, I could be wrong, but that's the tactical assessment that I'm giving as the backdrop for how I analyze stuff on the show right now, is I believe that's the case. So we got to be looking for, what do we do the next six to 12 months? For right now, Ron DeSantis ought to be, all of you that live in a red state, 
particularly a deep red state where I'll ask Daniel this question when he joins us next hour. I believe it's 26 states. It's in the 20s that Republicans control everything. There are states, Idaho, the Dakotas, Alabama, where you would have um, a better chance of finding an open Chinese operative serving in the legislature than you would Democrat in some of these states. Ron DeSantis is governor of the most pivotal and expensive swing state in this country. And he is doing the things that Republicans in Washington only talk about, whether they're in the majority or the minority, it doesn't matter. He's doing the stuff. He's doing it. And he's doing it in an environment where he's pretty popular given how um, you know, Florida was decided by four points in the last presidential election. Trump won it by four. In like the last 11 presidential elections, the average margin of victory in, in, in Florida was two and a half points. So, I mean, Trump winning that puppy by four, that's like he might as well be Ronald Reagan 84 level landslide winning it by that kind of a margin. That's a, that's a resounding win in Florida to win that state by four points in a presidential election. So there's nothing in a state like Florida, nothing Ron DeSantis could do that does not come with some blowback. Nothing. There's, there's nothing he could do. Even the token stuff that GOP people do when they're in power will come with blowback in Florida. And he's sitting today, heading into, what is he? It's, it's February, so 10 more months. Uh, he's tw- 21 months until, an, until his, his reelect, and he's sitting with a 54% reelection or, or, or job approval rating as of a few days ago, the latest numbers I saw. If Ron DeSantis can do this stuff in Florida, given how historically polarized that state is, how close it is in statewide elections. I mean, his, his approval rating is about 40 points higher than, than Mitch McConnell's. A 54% approval rating for a governor in Florida man right now is pretty good. Particularly one, he ain't Jeb Bush. That guy's not Jeb Bush, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's not a guy that just naturally, people on the other side of the aisle are like, oh, well, you know, I don't agree with him about everything, but he's swell. No, no. <laughs> no, he doesn't come with um, uh, some of the uh, uh, tomfoolery and antics and persona of a Trump. He doesn't have he's far folksier than that, more personable than that. But he also pursues Trump's agenda more ruthlessly than Trump ever did. So that's kind of a trade off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's not as unlikable as Trump was, but he's more ruthless and effective in how he pursues Trump's agenda than Trump ever was. So it's six and one half dozen of the other. You don't personally dislike him, but you, but, the, but that's made up by the fact that he's alienating those who dislike his policies all of the more. So it comes out in the wash. If he can do this in Florida, why can't Greg Abbott do this in Texas? Why can't this be done in every red state where Republicans control everything? This is my free advice to all of you. Now, our state's doing some of that stuff. We were the first state to reopen by gubernatorial decree. We passed, um, you know, we were one of the first states that passed 
a, a, an actual pro-life piece of legislation. We're working through legislation right now where funding goes to the child at the building level to essentially um, defrock the teacher unions. Our state is doing some of these things. Where, if you're in a traditional deep red state, West Virginia, a Democrat hasn't won a county in a presidential election in West Virginia since 2008. A county, a county in West Virginia, a county. Donald Trump won every precinct in West Virginia in the last two presidential elections. Every precinct. Why aren't you guys doing this? I mean, literally, why aren't you just causing teacher union members to light themselves on fire while you guys play country roads, take me home in celebration inside the legislature? Why isn't that happening in your state? Make it happen. The answer is us. This is what you can do. Go to your Republican legislatures, your Republican governors, and, and say, hey, DeSantis is, your, is this year's Sweden. He's the control group. If Ron DeSantis can do this, why can't you? Ron DeSantis can't say or do anything in Florida, given the politics of the state, without blowback. You can. Democrats are an endangered species here. What the hell are you doing? That's what all of you can be doing. Take the DeSantis example to the Republicans in your state. And say, hey... What's up? What, what, what you doing? What are we doing here? What, what's going on this session? Almost all, I think every state legislature is in session right now. What you doing? What's up? I see you. I see what the guy over here is doing too. In a state where a 54% approval rating is a friggin' landslide. We don't have 54 active registered Democrats in our state. What are we doing? Is that fair? Yeah, more but, than but, fair. But they're not going to do it voluntarily. You folks are going to have to put it on them. Start calling your local talk shows. Whoever's the local guy in the afternoon after Rush or Beck or Levin gets off the air, right? Whoever your local guy is, start calling those shows. Start visiting your legislatures. Start emailing them directly, calling them directly, showing up down there directly. Why aren't we doing this stuff here? sign that it might be happening and people may be agreeing with you did you see josh holly's f fundraising numbers yes yeah that is numbers have gone off the chat off the charts yeah. people are shots fired you know i mean I, i've told some people i know privately in presidential circles i don't know i think he's really damaged himself i'm like did you guys have you paid attention right did, alexa how did donald trump shock the system by winning the 2016 Republican presidential right. nomination. I asked Alexa that this morning and she came back. Her answer was, are you watching what Republican leadership is doing right now? Because they're setting the stage for Trump to win it again. Yeah. Are you curious about Ron DeSantis? Burma first, yeah. bitches. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Do you want to know what he thinks about Burma? Yes. <laughs> no. Burma first. I mean, it's just, I remember when I kept telling you, if he loses, they're going right back. They're, they think they're going to be able to go right back to where they were before, right? Right. And that's what they're doing. They're not dumb. Here's here's another thing. I this this I, this I've got a zero tolerance for now. Right? Z new rule on the show. I'm enacting a new edict. 
zero tolerance for Republicans are dumb. Republicans are stupid. Republicans are cowardly. Uh, It's the stupid party versus the evil party. No, no, no. I will squash all of that in my midst faster than you can say a conservative trans activist when we squashed that. No, that's not true. I know more of these people than you. It's a lie. All right. Not lying to you. They don't agree with you. Mitch McConnell is not unaware of the fact. Most of you don't give a turd with corns in it about Burma or could find it on a map. He's not ignorant of that. He doesn't agree with you. He doesn't agree with you. You need to start getting rid of people like him. He doesn't agree with you. Kevin McCarthy doesn't agree with you. They don't agree with you. Stop lying to yourself. She didn't forget her phone. He didn't have it on silent and didn't notice you called. He's just not that into you. But he ain't going to cut you loose because he knows if he calls you at 2 a.m. and says, come put me to sleep, you'll answer the booty call. Well, somebody's got to be the friend in the rom-com you hate for telling you the truth. And since you already hate me anyway, it might as well be me. They're not dumb. They're not stupid. They're not cowards. They don't agree with you. Period. And I'm done. I'm done with the self-delusion. I've been done with it. We just had other things going on the last few years. So I had to kind of put that one on a shelf. But no, I don't. So I'm not. No. Stop lying to yourself. Stop it. Stop it. Tell everybody around you when you hear them repeating this. These fallacies, fantasies. Look at them. Stop it. Stop it. That's a lie. And you know it, and I know it. Just, we don't want to accept the consequences of what it means to admit it. Let the truth out. Let the truth have its way. Which brings us to Newsmax. That's a bad look. And it has nothing to do with what you think of the veracity of Mike Lindell's claims whatsoever. But if, if I wanted, remember when last year it, it was, it was, it was New Gingrich Fox did this too, right, Aaron? Correct. When he mentioned the name George Soros and they, 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 they tried to censor him right there live on the air. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, if, if I wanted to get wannabe Overton window gatekeeper guy network that, that decided what, who was acceptable to be, to represent the right in America, what opinions were acceptable to have, I'll just watch friggin' Fox. They got Tucker, Newsmax, you don't. They, I mean, they, they at least, they're, they're the number one network. You're not. I mean, if I, if, if I wanted that, I'll just stick with Fox. They got more talent, better talent, and a bigger budget. Right? Yep. I, I, can't, I can get that from Fox. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to you, uh, supposedly, because you're the, you're the one that wants to help me uh, crush that Overton window. Remove, pry the, the fingers of you know Fox's cold dead fingers off of the the little crank that opens the oven and window up. 
That's a bad look. And that host, I don't know, I've never heard of him, don't know him, fired if I'm running Newsmax. Fired. Never on the air on my channel ever again. And it has nothing to do, by the way, with even talking over Mike Lindell. Like walking off? Hey, the guests can walk off. You can't. Were you guys aware that Mike Lindell bought into the Sidney Powell Dominion voting system uh, um, uh, uh, trail of tears. Was this breaking news? You guys were not aware of this? I was aware. I think it. anybody with that, that's you know been on conservative media or Twitter for, what would you say, seven seconds, right? Knew this? Yes. What did Newsmax think was going to happen when they invited him on? What did they think was going to occur? Why ask him about it if you don't want to know his opinion? And then when he tells you his opinion, you crush him? And then, the, then, you, then you punk out at the end? Get the bleep out of here with that. That's a clown friggin' show is what that was. That's a bad look. A very bad look. And when you're taking on a you're taking on a king, either listen, whoever memo to Newsmax, you're either Oliver Cromwell or you're nobody. There's no like little plucky, comfortable sphere you're gonna find yourself where you just kind of settle in. You're taking on a Leviathan. You're taking on Fox. You're taking on a king. You either go for the kill or get out of the way, man. You're roadkill. That you cannot do. That's a bad, bad look. Unforced error. Props to the woman on the, again, I don't know her, who tried to be some adult and redirect the conversation and restore professionalism while her male counterpart is like, eject, eject. She actually used to be on Fox. Was she? I can't remember well, her that, name. Well, that probably tells you then. She's got a little bit more experience and a little bit more polish. But that's, that's a bad look, man. That's a really bad look. And if, if you're taking on, you're taking on the king, you cannot make mistakes like that. We'll come back. Aaron, are you ready for some buy, seller, hold? You I mean, bet. I'm sorry. Is, 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 was, is the audience ready? The audience is ready. <laughs> are you ready to read what the audience came up Absolutely. with? Absolutely. All right. We will do that when we return here in a moment. Stay tuned. So, Todd, you have a homework assignment after the show tonight, right? I because, think so. Because Monday I gave you the last uh, pint yeah. of Brooker's Founding Flavors ice cream We're that my kids had, not, thing then, had yes. not opened up. Correct. Right? And so your assignment, you know, I'm a, I'm a vile, vicious taskmaster here for a boss on the Steve Day Show. Your assignment is you need to, after the show tonight, you and your family needs to sample some super chunky premium ice cream. Can you Done. do that for me? Done. All right. Uh, Brooker's Founding Flavors. Hey, listen, I'm a big Ben and Jerry's guy. Now I no longer have to be. Yes, I know they're communists, but I'm a capitalist and I'm going to go buy the best ice cream. Now I don't have to buy theirs anymore uh, because now there is not just a competitor, but a superior thick, creamy ice cream made with the kind of rich gourmet ingredients that you don't see in regular ice cream. That's why it's called super premium, super chunky premium ice cream. And it captures the spirit, passion of revolutionary America and the founding fathers. The, the chocolate ice cream. I know I rave about it every time I talk about it. I just, I can't tell you, man, how good it is. You have to try this for yourself. Uh, every flavor, homemade, 
and it delves into early American history. Uh, it's a conservative founding principles based company and you can get it shipped to you nationwide right now when you go to Brooker's, just like it sounds, brookersicecream.com, a great Valentine's Day gift. If you've already done the candies, the flowers, right? Same old, same old. You want to break up the monotony hit the ship nationwide tab click ship nationwide we go to brookers ice cream.com all right let's get to buy seller hold for this week our producer aaron with help from you his friends in the audience will have a series of prophecies or lists or statements on various topics nothing is really off limits todd you and i will decide are we buying that are we selling that maybe if you're lucky have a good reason why and because we have a dementia a dementia patient for president. We are keeping the uh, un, the ability to, to go for unlimited holds remains in place in these uncertain times. Correct? Just do you have any thoughts on as long as we keep saying bing uncertain times, that's it? I think that's it. I think we're good. Fair enough. All right. Aaron. All right. We will begin with great moments are born from great opportunity who says Tom Brady will be considered the best to ever play pro sports athlete over LeBron, Jordan and Mahomes 10 years from now. Sal, this I'm going to sell because I, I, I think it's true now. No, it's not. I'm going to sell because it's true now. No. We're debating this now. And the only athlete that would even come close would be Jordan just because of the power of his brand. But it's 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 true now that he is the greatest athlete in the history of American team sport. It, it's true now, no. or at the very least, it's being debated right now. So sell, sell because it's it's not true. And it, he last week it we I I think we're just bored. We really have and become bad at assessing this. He threw three interceptions in the second half. He he deserved to loss, but the Packers played worse than him. He, I, I I'm not a Tom Brady hater, but it, it, he's he's, a Tom Brady he's had a lot of help to make this happen. I, I don't. You're at the I, long I, it's line like, go, of go, go, New go, England go. Patriot All Pro receivers and running backs he th- that he was blessed to be surrounded by. Through just fantasy superstars. He threw three. I, I didn't say he sucked. I'm just saying to say it's true now against that list over Jordan. I just think that's I, you, I, you, the fact I think that you're over. You're, blow, you're taking a guy who's on his way to his tenth Super Bowl, and you're taking one game last week, which just so happened to be a game that was a bitter that's defeat for your favorite this, team. Though. Okay, and and that overshadows all the other times that he literally carried the New England Patriot franchise himself uh, to the I final won't. Sunday of the season. I, I, I don't understand. I think that re- opinion's just... I think you'll have a different no. opinion in a few months, particularly no, if he wins on Sunday. He I think three, you're just angry he, and bitter about what he happened threw three last, two weeks ago. He threw three interceptions. That was, okay, he that, that, he that, almost lost his team the game. Okay. That's not true. Yes, it is true. It's, it's actually not true. We were terrible. He threw three interceptions. That okay. loses games. It typically does. Yeah. So he didn't win that game for I didn't, that. No, I'm not arguing with you that you are that your but, team was that, terrible. But, this, yeah. but we're talking about I'll an entire. Bigger. We're talking about the the entire he, context of his career. But we're talking about because of that's last the, name week. Me, name me the second playoff game 
that Tom Brady's team won in spite of him. All right. I wouldn't even I don't even agree with you having watched every snap of that game that they won in spite of him. They did. But I will for the sake of your argument, I will grant you the point. Name me the second playoff game that the team won matter. in spite of Tom Brady. No, you don't get to move the goalposts. We're talking I'm about I'm not moving it. The, you're the one. You're moving. the moving. We're talking about it because you're making of what it seem happened. like one game that you are that that was the, the, that one game suddenly doesn't the other nine Super Bowls he just just kind Would of we happened. be having this conversation if they lost last week? Yes. No, we wouldn't. We were already having it. No, yes, we, we were. Right now, we would not be talking about it well, today. Not this week because That's we'd be talking point. about two other teams. We're talking about but, uh, it. But that that debate would have been happening in March, we're, April, May. We would we were already having it before they won that game. But we're talking about it because he's there now in this game. Well, that's why and it was being he asked. He did now. everything he could to lose I mean, that listen, game. You might you might get a massive pimple on your face. If you're hiding in your home for three weeks while it's there, is the pimple still there? Yeah, but we're not talking about it until you come out of your home and everybody sees it. Didn't mean the pimple wasn't there before everybody saw it. It just means that we just saw it. We're talking about it right now because he's in the Super Bowl right now and the Super Bowl's in the news. But there was already a discussion about where he ranked amongst greatest pro sports team athletes even before this season began. But I don't think any. I don't think the logical answer would have been Tom Brady at the top of that list, and it definitely shouldn't be now after he almost lost his team that game. They got there in spite of him in that second right. half. Come back to me when you when you when you can point out the second playoff win that's in Brady's career. A, that's a, where the team won point. in spite of him. That's irrelevant. You're moving the goalposts. Okay. All right. Next is 79 model Chris, who says the biggest assault on conservative talk terrestrial and digital will commence when Rush has to step down. It'll be a national news story and give the mainstream media the opportunity to catapult the narrative against conservative media. I'll I'll sell only because I, I, I don't think this is Rush centric in any way. Yeah, I'm going to sell too. I mean, the industry, and this is the greatest compliment that you can give to Rush. I mean, the, the industry that he trailblazed, that he founded, has outgrown him. Now, he is still swinging the biggest stick in the room, but um, if, if he's the cornerstone on, on the ground floor, this building has has been expanded pretty high. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. There, there's... there's uh, uh, he's its he's its he's its most consequential figure, but he's far from its only consequential figure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. Can I? I'm asking. And this isn't an argument, but, but you know the industry, the metrics, what matters. Why is he? I don't have that sense anymore. Why is he the still the biggest? Um, it, if you look at and and I have not studied you know an arbitron well now it's nielsen they bought it a few years ago i've not studied a nielsen ratings book in a few years i've not had a need to because we have been Mm -hmm. digital but last i checked he still has the biggest audience i think he still gets rated by talkers magazine every year in their listing of the biggest shows in the country as having the largest audience in the country um is there a close second or is it space bar? That space I don't bar? know. Okay. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. I don't. And I think it's also harder to measure now because I would argue, um, I would argue that it's possible when you look at the the digital reach that they present. Well, I don't know how much Dan has been stung by what's happened with Parlor because that was kind of his baby. But if you look at 
Dan's um, Dan Bongino, I mean, uh, if you look at, if, at Dan's omnipresence on Fox News and then the size of his digital audience, does that line up? Because Rush doesn't do any of that, right? He does he does interviews sparingly, even when he's healthy, but he's never been a new technology guy, right? He's right. not. He just I think he just started an active Twitter account, like literally in the last year, I believe. Um, that may have just answered my question. Yeah. So does so if and it's tough to quantify. So I, I think you know right now, Bongino has a top ten rated podcast overall in the entire country. But exactly how many downloads is that? Can we quantify that? And I don't know the answer to that. And then I would look at a guy like a Shapiro who's on um, a bunch of terrestrial stations around the country, also has a massive podcast audience. And then you look at what he brings to the table. Now, he's not doing it now because of COVID, but he was probably the most in-demand conservative speaker in the country prior to COVID, or at least in that list? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So what's, what's the totality of his platform compared to Russia's largely exclusive radio empire? I don't know how to quantify that, but it, I think that those things are enough, which is why, why, why Russia, while Russia is the most consequential figure, he is not the only consequential figure. Yep. Moving on to FFF, who says, Harry Potter land is better than Galaxy's Edge. Only Steve and I can play this one. Man, all I'll say, having been to Harry Potter Land. Oh, you have been. I okay. have been to Harry Potter Land. You haven't and been to Galaxy's I went there Edge. the first right. year. It was already planned. It, it, the first year I worked for Steve, so that's like mm-hmm. six years ago now. But if Galaxy's Edge is as good or better than that, it is really good because Harry Potter Land is insane. See, I think what makes it hard, Aaron, is they're the same thing. Yep, they're just. It's it's just with different decor suited to the 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 content, but the 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 way that they are designed, what they have available there, the attention to detail, mm-hmm. they're pretty much all the same. Um, now, what I don't know because I've not done the new Hagrid ride, and so even the, they both even had two main rides, right? You had the Hogwarts Castle ride, you had the Green Gots. Yeah, uh, depo- and then you, the bank deposit building you ride. Had a grandfathered roller coaster in there too, yep. as well. And like you have uh, Rise of the Resistance mm-hmm. and Smuggler's Run. So they now have a third signature ride at Harry Potter World with uh, the Hagrid ride. You were raving about it when you came back. Yeah, I don't know. Does that put it over the top or not? But you didn't get to do. You didn't get, I didn't get to, to do, do Rise of the Rise Resistance. Of the Resistance. Right. Yeah, because Rise of the much. Resistance is one of the best rides I have ever been on. I will tell you though that if I had to choose. As much Rise of the Resistance, what's great about it is it's totally immersive. Once you get into the part where you're actually where the ride is in the line, from that time forward, everything is part of the ride. You just don't realize it. Well, now you, because I'm spoiling it for you, you just don't realize it until you get almost to the front of the line that the whole time people have been in character as members of the First Order and everything else. When you get into the docking bay to get on the ride, you are treated as if you are rebel scum, resistance scum, basically. I mean, there it's fully immersive and that's a nice touch and the ride is really cool, but I, I'm not so sure. I don't think the Hogwarts Castle ride is, is still better. That's one of the best rides I've ever been on in my life. Yeah. The Hogwarts. I think that's better than the Gringotts ride, actually. I, agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I would say... Uh, I would... S- <laughs> I'd say right now, I was impressed with both. I loved, here's a small detail that I loved at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Every five minutes or so, 
this really deep roar of like a spaceship taking off and going into outer space. That was something that I just loved. It, that was mm-hmm. so, so cool. All of the, the, you know, you had the Millennium Falcon there, you had an A-Wing, you had an X-Wing, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, I'd say the new Hagrid ride, it's um, apparently now it's it's the least it's the least reliable roller coaster they're saying that's ever been made. And I experienced that as well. But it is fun. You mean in terms <laughs> of shutdowns and stuff like yeah, that? Okay. Yeah. That's but not it is, something you want to say about a roller coaster. Yeah. No, no. Uh, it's okay. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it incorporates every single uh, thrill ride you've ever been on into one ride. It's, it's really cool. I will say this, though. The one thing that puts uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter uh, over the top, in my opinion, is riding the Hogwarts Express between the two parks. I mean, that yeah. It's, it's a simple we did that. thing. We did all that too. But sure. that's really cool. Yeah. So so, so the the, pro, the proposition is Harry Potter world over Galaxy's Edge. Yep. Um You know what? I I'll, I'll buy. But it's it's close. It's, it's really it, really close. It's like it's wow. like your two favorite flavors of ice cream, man. Yeah. You can't go wrong with either one. Wow. Uh, coming up next, Hunter Lucas says Dan Campbell is the greatest thing to happen to the Lions since Barry Sanders. Uh, I like him. I mean, I, I thought the the press conference that he gave when he got hired is exactly what a city that has been in despair with for decades needs to hear. I mean, especially the part where he says, hey, man, I'm not here to make you guys have heard all that blank, all that bleep. I'm not doing that, you know? Uh, here's what I can tell you. I, we're going to have a team that takes on the character of the city. I think he's hired an outstanding coaching staff. I mean, it goes to show you that he may come across as kind of a football meathead, but there's there's more going on there than meets the eye. I mean, he has hired an outstanding staff. But I think the best thing that's happened to the Detroit Lions since Barry Sanders is the trade that they made over the weekend. And I hope it works out for the Rams. I like Matt Stafford as a person. Um, I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't know that he's an elite one. There's never a time that he ever kind of won the next level game here, and he often lost it to your team. You know, uh, I'm, I th- next year he goes in with the most pressure on him of any player in the NFL. He's in a far bigger market now, and and they're going to promote him next to LeBron James and you know Mookie Betts, and um, it's going to be hey, you're, we mortgaged our whole future for you. You are the missing link. And he better deliver. If not, man, that city will swallow him alive. But in terms of what it did, I mean, the Lions made one of the best trades since the Herschel Walker trade. I mean, they, they got a guy that in five years, I, I don't think Jared Goff's as good of a quarterback as Matt Stafford right now, but he's also 26. And in five years in the league, he's been to as many Pro Bowls. He's actually won his division. He's been to as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers has. Getting him as your throw in. And then in a year or two, if he doesn't rebound, you just you dump him and doesn't cost you anything against your cap. And then you get five first round picks over the next three years. That is one of the best trades that has been made in the NFL by a team since the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings. So I think that's the best thing that's happened to the Lions since the drafting of Barry Sanders. I won't really argue with that, but I will pay my respects to Calvin Johnson by saying sell because that's a pretty damn fine player to you not be acknowledging yeah, yeah. Uh, up next we have david whalen who says john weaver is the price of freedom i'm the anchorman gift right there yes <laughs> see what you did there that's a buy right oh yes 
Yeah, you're in on hard buy. I've not looked because I have. We heard have French. Not any that, of those people? No. Any of them? Not no, that I nothing? know. Nothing? No. Why am I not surprised? Hour two, buy, sell, or hold is next, as well as the weekly profit of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Stay tuned. With Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin. All of you, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, at Steve Dace. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show, over on Gab, at Steve Dace. And if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample and then share with others, a couple of options for you there, too. Go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace or Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you. Uh, Please show, though, your appreciation for us. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that yet for us. The more of you that do, the more it helps the podcast to grow. We have gotten so many of these. Thousands upon thousands. Thank you. Please keep those coming. Uh, The algorithms uh, will show their appreciation for you and us if you do. And thanks to all of you that have done that for us already. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us. Part two of Buy, Seller Hold brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. You no longer have to make the choice between eating healthier or eating tastier food because Built Bar, they have created the best protein bar of all time. And there is no close second. You've never had a protein bar like this. Uh, It has the texture of a candy bar. Tastes better than several candy bars that are out there on the market. Well over 20 flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate All of them delicious. I've tried them all, except the one I'm looking the most forward to trying because it's like my favorite flavor of everything. Chocolate chip cookie dough is the management at Built Bar. What do I have to do? There there probably isn't an indignity I will not perform. This is me making an indecent proposal to you. I want to try the chocolate chip cookie dough Built Bars. Was that okay? Well, they need to get it now because the indignities are going to fall in Aaron in my lap pretty yes. soon if you don't come through on this. The so. indignities will continue until morale improves. Yes, exactly. Yes. All right. Uh, but hey, uh, less than 180 calories in every bar, less than five grams of sugar, carbs in every bar, up to 20 grams of protein in every bar. So the nutrition and taste you're looking for without the bad stuff. Uh, as well. All right. So give it a shot right now. 20% off your next order. So if you tried it once before and you want to give it another go, use the promo code again. 20% off your next order when you use the promo code DACE, D E A C E, at builtbar.com. That's B U I L T for builtbar.com. Aaron. All right. Let us move on to Rally Squirrel Esquire, who says the NCAA basketball champion won't be from the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I'll buy just on the odds. The Big Ten hasn't produced, just put a ton of teams in the Final Four, but it hasn't produced a national champion since Michigan State in 2000. So that's 20 years ago. So the odds are that there's better odds that streak will continue than it won't. Okay. Um, So, I mean, I'll just buy on those odds. I will tell you, though, the Big Ten has, I counted them up over the weekend. 
heading into uh, Monday night's games. So not counting even last night when everybody, pretty almost everybody played. Um, 42 quad one wins, meaning wins against like top 30 teams in college basketball. The league has 42 of those. And when you consider that almost its entire schedule because of COVID is playing each other, I think that, that tells you that this is often a deep league, but the top of the league here is really, really good. Um, and I think has a few teams that are good enough on both ends to win a national championship, even though I'm sitting on a Iowa 35 to one to win it. I don't think they can win it unless they just have an insane, we go crazy level of three point shooting for a few weeks because they don't do enough on the other end of the floor uh, in order to win it. But all the other top teams in the league do play hard on the defensive end of the floor. So that doesn't mean, but I don't, I wouldn't want to play Iowa in a one and done. Cause I would be afraid that tonight's the night that right. Garza goes for 35 and everybody else hits 15 threes. Cause they can do that on any night against literally any team in the country, but they don't defend. They, they just don't. And so, you know, picking Iowa to win six in a row, given that is hard, but I also would not want to play Iowa be the team against them in a one and done at the same time. Yeah, Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Because you could that could just be the night that everybody goes off. But there are other teams in our league that do play on both ends. I just don't know how much better Gonzaga and especially Baylor. Because Baylor is playing in if the Big Ten's not the best league, a lot of people think the Big Twelve is. They're playing in that league every night. I mean, they just went on the road to a top ten Texas team and just you know they didn't name the score on them, but they Ooh, was that last much, night. Yeah. They, oh, I didn't see that. They had control of the game really? the whole time. They were never really threatened. Um, Gonzaga, we saw how great they were in the limited non-conference schedule, but then they go two months and don't play anybody. And you just wonder, does that take some of the, you know, uh, some of your edge off a little bit? So, I mean, I'd probably, if you've put a gun to my head and said my life depended on it, I'd probably pick Gonzaga or Baylor, but yeah. Okay. You're buying that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Steve. Okay. Up next, uh, Bacon says, the precedent has been set that when Aaron is away, Radio Hall of Famer uh, has to fill in for him. <laughs> uh, next, nice. conservative hedgehog says, the rapture of the saints does not happen before the great tribulation. Go, Steve. I, I feel as if... All right. <laughs> Here we go. Just be, I gotta, folks, pardon us for a moment while I handle some uh, internal uh, company discipline, okay? (laughs) I I feel as if because I have on an individual basis uh, had my curiosity stoked about this matter and this particular theme, given what's going on in the world the past couple of years, that does not mean holistically as a program aaron yes it is time to load up oh with nuances of eschatology topics and questions does that make sense wait this can't be wrapped up in a quick uh two minute answer yeah i, I don't know yeah. hold i'm catholic <laughs> uh next uh, desert aggie says ron DeSantis is the favorite to win the republican primary even if trump decides to run uh, it's a hard sell no one has a chance to win if Trump decides to run. No one. And the, and what's going on right now with Republicans in Congress, you know, uh, uh, on Burma, Marjorie Taylor Greene and all that, that, that that's just, uh, 
the exact, they're just recreating the atmospheric conditions that propelled Trump in the first place, which he just kind of, take it from somebody who started covering and being around his campaign seriously long before almost any member of the media took him seriously. He just kind of bumbled into this at first. Just kind of stepped on a down power line called immigration one day in May and was, was whoa, whoa, okay, well, hey, maybe <laughs> that changed and that totally changed his perspective on this. That won't be the case this next time. This next time he's not going to kind of learn how to campaign on the job. You know what I'm saying? He's going to start day one with 20, 30,000, 40,000 person rallies. He's not just going to work his way up there. So he'll be a, a more experienced and, and prepared candidate. I was going to say polished, but then realized I was talking about Donald Trump. He'll be a more experienced and prepared candidate. He'll have organization at his disposal. He never had. He had to build all that on the fly organically in 2016. So he's going to have that ready to go with the same atmospheric conditions and maybe worse because now the the base kind of got a taste when Trump won the first time. Hey, we can win saying and doing this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's one thing to not know if we kind of we kind of we thought we could win doing this stuff for how many years, but we didn't really have a case to know, right? Because the Romneys and McCains of the world were never going to run the kind of campaigns that we wanted to see. So it was largely theoretical. Could you really win doing things this way? Now there's an example that says, yeah, now you can actually. And they're still going back to the technocratic, um, you know, vapidness that this party was before Trump uh, won its nomination. That, in some respects, makes the atmosphere even more conducive for Trump. Because it's not a mystery now. Can somebody who says and does some of the things we like win? That's, that's a, known, it's a known quantity now. So if Trump decides to run again, the only thing that will stop him is his health or an act of God. No candidate. In fact, don't be surprised if the only other candidates that run are like Larry Hogan in Maryland, people like that. Okay? That's far more likely. Ron DeSantis is not running against Donald Trump, guys. That's the actual issue. But purely theoretical. And it would be... It would be close. It would be something like uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh, coming in as a bull moose and going against uh, Taft. Taft. Yeah. But it, uh, in theory, I believe it is narrowly possible that a combination of age and any number of things. I mean, when he, if he were to win, he would be what seventy, at least seventy-seven, right? When he, if he won. Yeah, I think he's about a year or two younger. Yeah, so we're then Biden again, right? but we, who will be seventy eight, I think, in November. Is that look right? at how I guess, much you know, we have this thing called the interwebs. We'll look look at up. how much the four years off did to Biden. Trump's going to get old. All right, um, we, that so needs, he'll be seventy five in June. See, okay, so okay. even older than I thought. Yeah. So this needs to be taken into account. It's theoretically possible that Trump could be in a race where he was, I think, narrowly an underdog, but to somebody. I'm not going to necessarily annoy because of what Steve said. It might, like DeSantis may realize uh, that eliminates me from this race, but not necessarily somebody like Noam, again, because she's a chick. Up next, 
We have uh, Rally Squirrel Esquire again, uh, who says uh, Michigan will begin to dominate Ohio State and start winning national championships in Steve's dynasty mode on Nancy A Football 2022. <laughs> Bye. That's actually been going on. I played this game, uh, the old one, every year. I, I go download the rosters, help me get through the summertime when I'm bored at night. So, I mean, that, that's, that's been going on for the last few years already. I've keep hope alive. Yes. I mean, I've, I've kept the dream of EA sports NCAA football alive all these years. I know you have as well. Karen. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the, the look you and I had on our faces yesterday when that news broke that it was coming back. It's, I mean, we might as well have my been jaw dropped, seven yeah. year old boys yep. coming down the stairs it's, at looking at the Christmas tree. Okay. It's disconcerting. You know, I like, because of your polymath capacities and your uh, checking all the boxes that need to be checked before the video games, it was a little disconcerting for me to listen to some sorts. Right? At the level of man passion for this video game, it, um, not everybody, Steve, is taking care of their theology and their family and their stuff I, they're first. Not, before. They're not my responsibility. No, no, I'm. I don't but, care but, about everybody else. I care about me, and I but, need this game back. At that, Steve cost, is right. I'm going to turn off your microphone now. No. At that cost, <laughs> I mean, guys, dudes. I mean, I mean, I'm in Shatnerland. Have you ever kissed a girl? Like what? What? I mean, Todd is Todd is going through, um, you know his 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 fourteenth reading of the Iliad at night no, after he puts the four no, girls to bed. Yes, so. I watched the Badger game last night. I, th- it is consuming for people. It's not just a hobby. It is consuming. I mean, he he can't get enough of Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, even as a Catholic. <laughs> he just likes to hate read it. Yeah. All right? So when he gets, that, that's 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 what Todd calls fun. Yeah. Yes. And when he's done with that, he reads the ingredients label on his uh, jug of... Vinegar. Yes. Uh, Cyrus Duguid says uh, state mask mandates will be ended by parents filing class action lawsuits against state education agencies claiming forced masking harms children. So it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Um, If if I had to guess, though, it's it won't happen because it already would have. Although, you know what? You could say, well, Steve, we've been trying to get our kids back in school first. You know, we had to win that battle first, right? Okay. Um, you know what? I'll buy. What, because Here's why I'll buy. I agree with the premise. I don't know that I think the specific application of your premise is how it will manifest itself, but your premise that the that government, because it's what I stated yesterday, that the way around this in the private sector was to actually attack the public sector's advocacy of masks. Because they're the fig leaf. They're the they're the ones that are providing the intellectual cover for this. Take that away, and now it's just a business that wants to, you know, pester you and nuisance you if you want to be a customer there. The reason it's not considered a nuisance is because the government says these, this we need this for safety. And so this, to me, is the path to getting rid of these is you attack the government's claims in court. So whether it'll manifest itself this particular way, your premise is what I asserted yesterday, so I'll buy. <laughs> I'll sell because this should be just as easy to win as how the drop boxes at the election time were illegal because they were illegal, but people just decided, uh, eh, people, uh, we got a pandemic, so that doesn't apply. The, the judges, the courts, the experts, whatever, they, the evidence doesn't matter. I wish it did. I like your idea, but it just won't matter. Next up, K 
Caleb Google says, ranking from best to worst Rocky movies, he has two, one, three, four, six, and five. That's best to worst. Uh, a two, I'm sorry, two, one, three, four, six, five was left out. All right, now leave that up there because I'll need yep. to refer to it. All right, so here's how I would rank them. Rocky three is my favorite with Clubber Lang. All right, I love that movie. I mean, I've, I've watched that movie like over a hundred times. I love it. All right, I love the soundtrack. Um, I like the fact, I like the, I like the fact him and Apollo are like united now. Okay. I loved everything about that movie when I was a kid. So Rocky three is my favorite. Then I would go with the first one just because of, you know, that movie got nominated for an Academy Award. The first one's a great film. Then I would go with Rocky. (sighs) See, I kind of think Rocky two meanders. Until Adrian wakes up out of her mini coma and says, win, I want you to win. And then, then I think like the last 15, 20 minutes of that movie is tremendous, right? Okay. But I kind of think it just meanders and I might put Rocky four ahead of it actually. All right. So I'm going to go with Rocky four. I'm going to put three, one, four, two, and then five. Well, isn't there more? Isn't there even more? Oh, then he's got, well, he always got the remakes in there too, or the, we or, not, the, or the reboots. Or is after six, is that when the Creed movies start? Yeah, it's, it's, he's talking about, no, there was a, uh, but there was the, there Ro- was a Rocky six when he kind of came back, right? Like a George Foreman style of a comeback. It was a George Foreman. Before, and that is that, that what, that's what led to the Creed movies. I forgot about that movie. So about I the know. fact that I forgot about that, it still has to be better than Rocky five with Tommy. What's his face? I'll accept it. I think your premise is right. You moved five out. I, I could, I don't think there's any list that could have any other ones could be a number one. They're, they're all different. Um, I mean, obviously the, the first two Rocky movies are trying to be as realistic as, as possible. Three and four get more over the top, but there's so much fun. Uh, it's just a, and they continue to, uh, that, that, that Rocky Balboa, it's, I mean, it's got one of the greatest speeches when he talks, he's talking to his son about getting back up. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's good stuff. I've never seen a single Rocky movie in my life. Oh Up my next, Defeat the well, Left Media says at least one large red state will go back to full normal, no masks, full crowds, before the Biden administration tells them they can. Well, we're already on the way to that. I mean, in Florida, my understanding is all their emergency restrictions are gone. So it's just a matter of whether, um, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's anything stopping um, one of the one of the ACC schools and in, in, unless this is, it's an ACC policy, I don't know. But conceivably, you could have a mass event in Florida. I mean, that's why CPAC's going there. Um, so I I don't. So, but I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, I will buy that. I'll sell it. It's not necessarily on Ron DeSantis and company, but it's it. it nothing's back to normal until the the private businesses get you know off the Kool Aid as well. Because that's a good point too. You're if right. you're going down there and everybody's masked up. Now, I will tell you when I mentioned that yesterday, and Aaron, Aaron and I went to the same part of Florida, Orlando, the biggest touristy part. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I got besieged by emails yesterday when we got off the air from people who live in parts of Florida that are not the touristy, that are not Orlando, who were like, we're not wearing masks or doing anything anywhere. 
in any businesses or anything. I mean, I've seen pictures of okay. large groups that I that they say they're from down there and yeah. not in Orlando, and they're no one's wearing a mask, and it's crowded. Yeah, so that that could just be. Orlando, Orlando virtue signaling yeah. with the amount of people who come in from out of state, like the McIntyres and the Daces, for mm-hmm. example. Okay. Yep. Uh, up next, we have Optimist Prime, who says no nice. matter what any governor or official does to repeal mask mandates, virtue signaling, super duty, duper safety concerned retailers and grocers will require patrons to wear masks well into 2022. And perhaps for the rest of our lives. This goes to what you were saying, Todd. Yeah, I wouldn't go to the end. I, I should have stopped it. If I could, I would, I would totally buy it for well into 2022, but it won't happen for the rest of your life. Um, but well into 2022, I would agree with that if you stopped there. But since you went to the for Ev's card, I'm going to hit sell. But I, I, I think you're looking at a process of just like the states are going to compete with each other about how do we reopen and fast and and not lose people, right? Same thing's going to happen with private industry. Is right now, I, I would right now, I'll, I I guarantee it. There's a slew of private industries that want to stop having people wear masks. They're just deathly afraid of social media backlash for it. And what I think you're you're likely to see sometime this spring or summer is somebody's going to say bleep it. We're not doing it anymore. And they'll take a whole bunch of heat for it, you know, a Mike Lindell level of heat for it. And if they if they withstand it, then over the next six to twelve months you'll see more and more companies say, you know, I'm not your Huckleberry anymore. Uh big government, you want a mask mandate, do it yourself. I'm not doing it anymore. But then there'll be still because because most of much of corporate America is all in on the spirit of the age. You know, they will have to be competitively pushed out of this because they want to virtue signal. It's not just fear of social media, but but they really believe in it. They want to do it. I'm going to buy because it's not just attached to the masks. It's attached to the politics of everything else. And if you get sideways on this what problems you may have with any other manner of legislation you need to see passed that benefits your business i I just i got this creepy creepy feeling that i mean one part of me thinks of course we're going to get into the warm weather in spring and summer and it's just going to go poof but then crazy voices in my head man so i gotta sell or i gotta buy excuse me up next, Token White Man says, of all the lies, deceit, skullduggery, uh, illegalities, outright criminal acts, treachery, sedition, treason, perjury, and anti-Americanism from the previous administration, the only person that will be held accountable for anything and everything is Donald Trump. Is he talking about? I think what is he's he talking meaning, about Obama. I think yeah. he's yeah. I think I think yeah. he's talking about Obama. Okay, so is he basically saying? That, the, that, that Biden will do to the, Trump yep. what, what Obama did with Bush, where he blamed Bush for his economy for all yep. eight years? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sure. I mean, first of all, who stands up? What, guys, when in the Trump administration did somebody stand up and say, dude, we just totally blew that one? No one does that. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Everything is always somebody else's fault. No one takes any accountability, whether it's the people you voted for or against. When was the last time somebody you can remember stood up and said, crap the bit on that one, didn't we? Like, can you remember one? Remember the last time? No. I can't either, regardless of who's in power, right? Right. So there you go. That's a given. Yes. Uh, bonus. Hayden Presley says the idea that politics is always downstream from culture has done as much to stymie substantive conservative victories as anything else. I'd have to know what her reasoning for saying that is. Yeah, that's that's what I would. Like. I, I would actually, on its face, I would sell. I, I would. I would sell because I think the opposite's been the issue. Because we've abandoned culture for politics, we have stymied ourselves. I, I would. I would argue we've done the opposite. I would argue that, I mean, it was revolutionary when Daily Wire, you know, released a movie last month. Oh, we should have started doing that 15, 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we we have put all of our emphasis on getting anybody with an R after the name elected to any office we possibly can and have done nothing. We have, we have, we have very little cultural influence. Is it, this sounds like a libertarian might be asking this yeah, question. I mean, the reality is what the, the, um, uh, uh, the values that movies that, that Hollywood produces its biggest, its biggest blockbusters off of are the values we're trying to conserve. But most people don't cite that stuff from Russell Kirk or Bill Buckley. They, they quote it from a Marvel movie or a Disney, a Disney animated mm-hmm. picture. We, we haven't done anything culturally. We have no cultural influence, like zero. I can't think of any arena where people like us have like major cultural influence. Dude, we're fighting in our churches about whether to even open, and then when we do, to preach critical race theory, paganism. All right, where, where do we have any cultural influence? I can't think of a place. Agreed. I can't. Our whole emphasis is, my whole career, everything has always been about politics. Get every Republican elected you possibly can. So I, I would actually assert the opposite of this by 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 ignoring this axiom. We're in the, we're surrounded now. So that even when you get magic R Republican elected, every cultural force imaginable comes surrounds them and comes down on them from day one to get them to not do what you elected them to do. I, I, I don't know how any I really don't. I don't know, with all due respect to this person, I don't know how anyone can, can intelligently argue the opposite of this. If they really have taken a look at, if they're, if they're, well, let me just rephrase that. Anybody over the age of 35 can intelligently argue this because the entire premise of, of, the, of the right in America has been a get out the vote scheme for the Republican Party for decades. That's what it's been. It's not, it's not been God, man, and Yale. It's been about how to get your favorite Republican elected. Why the Democrats suck. That's like every book we write. Everything we do. Hell, the first hit book I had was what? Rules for Patriots. How conservatives can win again. Okay? (laughs) Come on, man. I mean, I I don't know how you could argue the opposite of this. I, I don't. You're a libertarian. Tell me why you think that's the case. Because they they think uh, oftentimes, even when they are Christians, that uh, they they fall into the camp of 
what David French is kind of trying to pull off now. Now he's not a, a libertarian, but the drag queen story hour is the price of freedom that, that there's that you our, our overemphasis on cultural fights is ultimately an authoritarianism in and of itself. You know, I mean, you, you, uh, you know, libertarians you respect in general. I know locally here that uh, we've had some conversation. I won't name them right now. I like them. He's, but they, they, they do think this, like at some days the babies just need to die. Otherwise it's tyranny. You know, you just have to choose your poison. Okay. Okay. I don't agree with it, but I think that's where that might come from. Uh, okay. I don't think you'll mind. But I that's mean, a worldview I'll... bias. Like, I don't know how you could objectively argue. Tell me where in the culture you feel safe to walk in in any influential dude. Most of you in your evangelical churches, when politics and stuff comes up and in the, in the hallway, in the atrium, you whisper it, right? Tell me where in the culture you feel with our values. Like you can just walk into any main sector of that of that facet of the culture and just freely broadcast your belief system without any pushback or reprisal. Go, I'll wait. I can't think of one. I cannot think of one. So I don't know, unless you're just blinded by a worldview preference like what you're describing, how you can objectively state the opposite of this premise. Oh, man, we have like a minute left. Um, I don't think you'll mind me saying this. Our buddy Chris Mandolfo says, Culture is downstream from politics. Law shapes culture. People respond to authority and what the government honor and honors and dishonors. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, ultimately... Is it a chicken or egg thing? I, well, I don't know that it's a universal truth in every era of humanity that politics flows downstream from culture. For example, in feudal and monarchical systems where the power was essentially located on the, on the throne of the monarch or the feudal lord, it, what they liked became culture. What they didn't wasn't in the culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There wasn't a counter to that. But in our form of, of in, in our way of life, I don't think it's even debatable that politics flows downstream from culture. I don't. But that doesn't mean I don't think I don't think it's a constant of human history, but it's a constant of the history of where we're living right now. I think we'll come back. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz is next. You know, trying to sell your home is challenging in any environment. What if you're trying to buy a home while selling the one you're in? I've done that one before. That's very difficult, but try doing it in these unprecedented times. Bing. There we are. I hit our quote again today. It's even more so, and that's why you want to make sure that you go in. If you're going in, go in with a real estate agent that you can trust. I did that. It's been 14 years, almost 15 years now, uh, since I last went into the housing market. I still have uh, a, a rapport and re recall fondly working with my real estate agent, Scott. If I had to make that decision again, he'd be the first person I'd call. That's how valuable it is if you've got an agent you can trust. And, and where can you find that kind of an agent? You don't have the time to vet all their records and, uh, and find out who's on the up and up. Thankfully, the name kind of says it all. It's a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates. Tired of real estate agents who talked a good game, but then did not deliver the desired results when they were needed the most. And that's why they created Real Estate Agents I Trust com just about anywhere you want to move to around the country will help you find an agent that you can trust at real estate agents i trust.com let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation 
Our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? We're doing all right. Fourth week of the Fourth Reich. We're, go- <laughs> we're doing pretty good. Look, we've survived this four weeks. And I'm still on the air, Steve. You got to be thankful for this small thing. Oh, God. I love, I love this guy. So, Daniel, um, I started off the show issuing a challenge to our audience that I know, I know will warm the dark, vast recesses of your soul. Okay. I said that everybody in this audience, was it, was it 26 states where Republicans have total control? Something like that, right? 24 and but but 31 where they have close to it okay i said every one of you in one of those states ron desantis is 2021 sweden he is the control group if ron desantis who is in the most expensive and pivotal swing state in the country and he's out there doing stuff ron desantis can't do anything no matter how moderate it is, without blowback. That's just the nature of politics in Florida. Trump won the state by four points in November. That's a friggin' landslide in Florida where the previous 11 presidential elections were decided by an average of two and a half points. All right? You can't do anything in Florida. He's got a 54% approval rating. That's like a 75% approval rating in West Virginia. Okay? If Ron DeSantis can do this stuff in Florida, then... All of these red states where Republicans dominate and Democrats are an endangered species. I said, hey, every one of you in my audience right now, whoever is the local radio guy you all listen to after Rush and Mark and Glenn get off the air, call his show today. Hey, DeSantis is doing all this stuff. Why isn't Governor so-and-so? Why why isn't our legislature doing this? You need to go to your legislature, shame your Republicans in your state. There's no excuse no excuse for why Ron DeSantis is outperforming Kay Ivey in Alabama, for goodness sakes. All right? No excuse. Use Ron DeSantis as your control group to say to these Republicans, you at least have to meet the DeSantis line. You at least have to go as far as Ron DeSantis is able to go in a state as polarizing and expensive as Florida. Steve, I don't even know if you realize how profound your question is, but that is the trillion dollar question. That is the question that will determine whether you and I will live as free people, whether we have places to move to that will be free. Um, that is the fulcrum of politics. I, I don't know what to say. Where do I start? Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, North Dakota, Indiana, Mississippi, West Virginia, India, uh, um, Idaho, Alabama. The Democrats haven't won a precinct in the in, in a West Virginia presidential election in eight years. They haven't won a county in the state since 2008. Okay, they haven't won a county in Oklahoma since 2000. Um, I could go on and on. You look at states like Oklahoma. North Dakota and Idaho, because I've been having private conversations with people in the legislature in those three states this week. You're you're looking at something like, you know, depending on where you are, 82 to 17 majorities in the House, 29 to five majorities in the Senate. You know, just that that's what you're looking at. Um, obviously, all Republican governors, attorneys generals, lieutenant governors, and these states. Let, let's take Idaho, uh, Governor Brad Chicken Little. I didn't even realize they had a capacity limit of 10 that the legislature was trying to get rid of, but only the House because the Senate is full of his acolytes. In my home state of Maryland, we don't even have that. I mean, only 10 members um, can sit in there at one time because only, of- only 10 people could could gather. They, they still had that. They have mask fascism in half these states. And it's like 
you know, I was working on a whole effort to nullify constitutional nullifications of the Biden regime at a state level. And I'm thinking, well, first we have to get rid of the state nullification of the Bill of Rights before we go after the feds in these states. And this is the problem. And Steve, the problem is this. There is one side on the field. So if you have an 80-20 Trump county within a 70-30 Trump state, it will be the 20 controlling government and the media there. Um, And the way they control it is the Democrats will have 20% of the legislature. And then, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine in Oklahoma. There's 82 Republicans. And I said, tell me, how many conservatives are there? He's like, Daniel, and I'm being liberal here, about a dozen. So they have a controlling majority. Democrats control the legislature and politics in all 50 states, and that is not an exaggeration, with the exception of maybe a couple of issues. We don't have people that get on the field. We don't. I, I spoke to a legislator who didn't even know that his state sent out the National Guard, much less the abuse and the purging of them. Like, why is your governor doing it? Why, why, why? Um, Here's the problem. We never even reach an inflection moment where you could Liz Cheney these people. So what happens is the conservatives there become apathetic. So they don't even try to message their legislation, bring in outside conservatives to hold them accountable. Are are you going along with Biden? Are you mask fascism? Are you abusing the children? Mm -hmm. Are you going to go along with Biden stuff? Are you creating a constitutional sanctuary? This is what the left does to their members. We don't even do it. So you don't even reach a point where Doug Burgum, the dirtbag rhino from North Dakota, or Brad Little from Idaho and, and, and Kay Ivey of Alabama even have to answer questions and even be forced to convert or die, where you have an inflection point where, okay, this has become a thing, a constitutional sanctuary, uh, taking back your National Guard, um, going after COVID fashion, go, going after the tranny stuff, all my list of 100 things that we could be doing. They don't even feel the pressure, meaning at least if you made that a thing, either they'd convert or die, they'd have to go along with you or you would Liz Cheney them. But we only have an inflection point over Trump and impeachment. But unfortunately, that's not going to rope in enough of them because most of them, and this is federal, are going to pretend to vote against impeachment even though they want it. This is the battle of our time. Anyone who's telling you, oh, we need to make sure Republicans have a one seat majority in the U.S. Senate and a five seat majority in the House after the midterms. Dude, I'll do you one better. I'll give you four five to one majorities in both houses with the trifecta. And it's the same Fauci Burks crap in that state. So what we're doing is clearly not working. And we're not even fighting where we have the majority. So much less in Washington, that's just a waste of time. But that is the central question that if you are a local talk show host in in a red state or a national show and you are not focused on this, you are misleading your followers. Moving on, I know you don't want to get into election stuff in the next election cycle, but I got to tell you, I was so uh, verklempt when, at the, the CDC's uh, latest policy mandating masks on all public transportation, and I don't know what else to do, Daniel. So tell me, who do we vote for in the next CDC director election to overturn this law? Can you give me a, just a, a quick take and rundown of the prospective field in the next CDC director election? Every single primary for county and state official. 
that that is the CDC director. Steve, I mean, I hate to hijack it back to the previous conversation. No, I asked this question as a follow-up because I knew it was a follow-up to that conversation. I mean, darn, I don't have it here, but the quote from Madison in Federalist 46, he basically said... There is Wait, ample- you just don't have random James Madison quotes from the <laughs> from the Federalist Papers or just laying around? Just because I have so many of them, I can't keep track. But Steve, he said they have ample Federalist 46. He explained, he was like, dude, I'm not worried about federal usurpations. I'm worried about state usurpations because they're close to the people. The feds, the states have ample power. Just they can't enforce that without the states without frankly the right. business owners going along with it that's the point this i made to the, the audience problem. yesterday there there is no cdc guard that comes in and enforces this from washington every state has to enforce this yeah yeah i mean especially when you move away from the airports and things like that i mean when you're talking about the ride shares and the cabs l- l- let me just say this federal there is nothing more emphatically within the province of federal control than federal immigration law ensuring that people that violate the sovereignty of the whole union don't come into the country yet california and new york not only blocked it but they criminalized they made it a felony in new york to ever enforce it to share information about illegal aliens to to contact the feds they made it a felony they criminalized the enforcement of legitimate federal law when you have the feds going after the bill of rights i mean dude it it, it writes itself but but yeah i mean you're speaking to the broad problem here of how um you know, basically a guy gets in power and and the executive branch does what it wants. But there is a bill out. HB 1164, Representative Tom Kading in North Dakota has a bill that would authorize the attorney general of the state to examine every executive action taken by the regime. And if it's not pursuant to the Constitution or statute that is constitutionally lawful, then it is nullified and it is prohi- any county or state agency or public funded organization cannot enforce it. HB 1164, if that were in a Democrat state with the insane majorities they have there, it would be passed overnight. Leadership and the governor, I'm sure, oppose it. But this should be passed there and in at least 20 states in a minute, in a minute, if we focused our grassroots efforts. So you are not going to be here next week. Give a little plug about where you're heading. I think it's something our audience might be a little bit interested in. Really appreciate that, Steve. We're going to have a lot of fun. Talk about a sanctuary. Um, Front Sight, Nevada. It's the greatest training facility for firearms in America. So uh, constitutioncoach.com, they give you 90% off. You know, it's normally like $2,000 for the training there. It's very expensive. 90% off. Uh, to go out, about 50 Patriots from my show and some other Patriots around the country, where you, you shoot for three, five days uh, at a time, defense training. They have shoot houses. They teach you proper um, concealed carry, defense training, draw and shoot. And then there's more advanced courses. You could organize. You can meet friends. Um, there's no COVID fascism going on there. That's a sanctuary. It's, it's like my private playground there. Um, <laughs> it is great. So the February uh, class is obviously limited now, but at constitutioncoach.com, you'll see they have a, uh, a March, a May, and a June class. It's really, really worth it. We'll have a lot of fun together. All right, man. Well, enjoy your time. Get some warm weather. Escape Larry Hogan's Maryland. All right. Take it easy, brother. Yep. God bless. Take care. Take care. God bless. 
Hey, don't get a crash course in home title theft here in 2021. Uh, Pray this never happens to you because it can ruin you financially. Here's how it happens. The legal titles to our homes are kept online where they can be hacked. Cyber thieves know this. They find our home's titles, forge our signature to make it look like on a quick claim deed to make it look like we sold our home to them. And then they take out loans against your home. Even your rental properties are vulnerable as well. Until that equity is gone, often you won't find out about it until late notices appear, foreclosure notices maybe even an eviction notice again if it's a rental property you're not protected by your homeowner's insurance nor your mortgage lender but home title lock does protect you and in the unlikely event that you become a victim of home title theft while under their protection remember that home title lock will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars out of their own pockets in order to return in legal fees in order to return your home's title rightfully to you so go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already ready a victim at hometitlelock.com and then while you're there use the code radio for 30 free days of protection for your most important investment your house 30 free days of protection with the code radio at hometitlelock.com thoughts on our conversation with daniel i want to go shooting with him can we make that happen that's an awesome trip sounds like it'd be a ton of fun i actually got invited to go but next week i've got two kids birthdays oh, next week i can't yeah. do it so plus i've got a i'm i'm, I'm saving time off for later in the year yeah but I, I bet you we could set it something where maybe we could uh turn it into something for the show at some point in the next few months that, that would be, be that would be fun um I, I think it's a crucial point i think that daniel made Where's the energy that we had for doing what what uh, what we did to Liz Cheney, at least what the Wyoming GOP did to Liz Cheney, which I have nothing against. Believe me, I don't think anybody on the show has anything against. Where's that same energy in places like Idaho, where they have... I mean, that was originally, you you guys remember that uh, video surfaced of the mom who got arrested in front of her kids for playing at a playground? That was in Idaho, if I'm not mistaken. That was back almost a year ago now. Where's the energy to make an example out of those governors? Where is that? That's what we need. That's what Steve was talking about at the beginning of the show. You have to force your elected officials at the local level at the local level, then all the way on up to the state, you have to force them. You have to force them to um, essentially avoid embarrassment. That's what we're saying. They don't want to be the next Liz Cheney. I promised you that. What are you prepared to do? Uh, what pr- pressure and leverage are you prepared to put on those elected officials in order to be something like what Florida has right now? Your thoughts? Does he changed your mind you've been saying it frequently who's Having, the he what's that who's the he daniel okay just his general tone about being optimistic about 2021 i get where you're at with the specific app examples you're riffing on but are you is his pessimism jiving with you no i, I mean i i am i i actually i i think there's a there's a reasonable likelihood it is too late but we're we're actually having the conversations and people are i don't feel like i have to i have to drag my audience into this arena anymore Hmm. that that that. there's an there's a an eagerness to have these sorts of conversations i i think there's a there's a possibility if not a likelihood it's too late 
but we're at least having them now. And so that's progress where yes. I'm concerned, you know, that'll do it for today's show. Overtime coming next for those that, of you that subscribe to Blaze TV. For the rest of you, we'll see you again tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.